To sync this podcast to the episode, pause now and hit play right after the previously on. We are here, Matt Roberts and Tony Graffia um, are here to for the podcast of The Birds and the Bees. And we've got, I cannot believe this, but our whiskey for this week, which our Matt's assistant, Madeline, found for us, is so cool. It is two gingers. How awesome <laughs> is that? I think some of you may suspect the meaning behind that. Well, they've already seen the episode, so <laughs> I'm sure they know exactly what we're talking about. Yes, and this is uh, The Birds and the Bees, written by myself and Matt. And oh, I don't think we actually properly introduced ourselves. I'm Matt Roberts, executive producer on Outlander, and you're... Tony Graffia, writer, executive producer. Oh, also. right. Sorry. Writer, executive producer. Writer. Yeah. We're both um, writers. We wrote this episode, which is we were dying to write all season. It was super exciting. It's called The Birds and the Bees. And I have to read you the email chain because when we right before we started the podcast, we were saying, who came up with this title? And we were kind of arguing about it. And Matt said that he came up with it. And he said he challenged me to look up the email. So I found it, and, and it's back from March 9th, and Matt wrote, maybe we title 409 The Birds and the Bees. I said, OMG, I actually kind of like that. And he says, there's something kind of dark about it, plus there's actually birds and bees. And I wrote, oh, and the bird's nest with the baby's birds. I think we have to do this. And he wrote back, funny thing, I almost added it to the production draft, and I wrote back, I fucking love it. And there you go, folks. That's how we got the title. That's how it happens. The birds and the bees. Obviously, um, this is one of the, the uh, you know, important episodes this season and a lot of anticipation. Um, it starts on a very sad note because last um, last week, obviously, Brianna suffered a, a very big trauma and um this was a big change from the book um that maybe matt you can talk about how in the book it's played as a flashback um we don't know that brianna's been raped before she meets her father but um we thought we made a decision to do a little different yeah we we went round and round about this and these are these things that you know when you read the when you read them it plays out really well you know and 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 you know structurally it's smooth whereas visually it doesn't play as well and we were because you know it happens you know visually you're going to know it happened there's no way of hiding this right we just cut out completely and then and then and then tell you later in an episode oh this happened right you almost feel cheated like we didn't show it well in the book, you're reading it and you're just, you don't know anything about it. You're just enjoying the reunion of Brianna with uh, her father. But here we thought it would add another layer to have to see what she actually went through and play. You know, if we didn't do it in the TV show, instead of reading it, you'd be watching this woman and you wouldn't see the other layer. Yeah. It would be after the fact that you found out, oh, my God she was raped and all that time she was just acting happy but here if you know it's happened you're watching this with kind of a joy and a and a tragic note under the surface knowing that 
what the the burden that Brianna carries of what happened to her, and we thought that would be way more interesting. And, and you know, I think to play it makes, dramatically. I think it makes the meeting of her father that much more poignant is the fact that she is able to, as a person, suppress all of this, yeah. and the and the the the, the joy yeah. of meeting her father comes so much to the surface yeah. that it outweighs this. It pushes yeah, it, this so far to the side. And it's yeah. not that it's gone. It's just that, that the joy of meeting Jamie Fraser comes out. Yeah, the moment she falls in his arms. This is also you know, something has we a whole different meaning. We, we don't, you know, in the beginning of this, we don't rarely do this, is we pick up almost immediate from the last episode, and we don't right. do that very often. Um, this feels very much with episode eight. Feels yeah. very much like a two-parter almost. Yeah, I love. Literally, she you know comes back and Lizzie's so worried about her and offers offers her her hand. Just hold my hand because she knows Brianna's been yeah. through something and she, you know. And. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot to understand, you know, that this 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 a woman that she cares about over the course of this journey of coming from Scotland that has gone through a, a really just the most traumatic thing you can go through. Well, you know, other than death. Yeah. I think in the book, uh, Roger does, you know, this was discussed a lot in the writer's room, whether he comes back for her or not, whether he tries to come and find her, he doesn't just abandon her. And in the book, I think he does come back, but he's, he's on the street and he just yells up at the window or something. And Brianna is just like, you know, doesn't respond to him but we wanted to show you know a little more effort on his part he comes back to the tavern he wants to talk to her and you know he's waylaid by bonnet who insists that he finished this journey that he committed to and he you know takes roger off on the ship so uh it's also one of those things that you know we here in the writer's room um, discuss uh, quite a bit is that the book readers have the ability to fill in the gaps because they know the story that that isn't on the screen whereas the people who have never read the book who who is you know, quite a bit of our audience as well they don't so we have to we have to complete that story for them yeah and and we we always have to to kind of reconcile those two audiences that we have um, that's why we leave some nuggets and Easter eggs for the book readers, but we also have to do some scenes like this because yeah. it would be hard to um, uh, essentially re- rehabilitate Roger's character here if he just walks away from her and never comes back. Yeah, I mean, they were married in his mind. They were handfast. They made love. They got in a bad fight, as can happen. But if he just took off on a ship and left her... I think it'd be very hard for the audience to get over that. Um, the, the audience that doesn't know his character, meaning right. the audience that hasn't read the books and know the, how uh, the deep love they have and, and all the yeah. things that they share. I mean, he followed her through 200 years. Exactly. And he's not just going to get in an argument and take off. And, and that's so, why this scene is so important yeah. to the story and to the non-book reader who has to, has to, we have to fill that gap in. Right.
Sorry, we're watching the scene. Sometimes that happens. Uh, um, it totally happens. We start. <laughs> well, we're working hard on season five right now, and I. We are. Uh, and, it's we haven't seen these episodes in a while, so then we have to do a podcast. Suddenly, it's like, ooh, we get to go back and watch something fun from the last season, and then we get caught up in it. Um, well, that was the sound of whiskey popping. Sorry. <laughs> um, I need to drink a lot to get through this one. It's true. We we spend the day a lot of times in the writers' room, and we're writing, you know, outlines and working on scripts, and then we come in here. Um, closer to the evening and we do the podcast before we go home and we haven't seen these episodes uh, although we've seen them quite a bit we haven't seen them uh, recently uh, because we when we do playback and yeah. mixing and sound and all that um, that could be a month ago or two months ago the last time we saw it and yes we've seen every episode yeah probably at this stage um 15 to 20 Many times. times. Uh, you know, we, again, we changed a lot of this from the book to, in the book, uh, I believe it, it happens totally differently. Uh, Brianna is in a town where Fergus is, there's a, there's a lot. We just couldn't fit it all. It wasn't that we didn't like it or anything. It was just that Fergus was an, on trial for some crime that happened and Jamie's in town as a witness and Brianna happens to be in town. We thought it was cleaner just in this last episode, uh, episode eight, called Wilmington, that they're all in Wilmington uh, so that Brianna, unbeknownst to her, you know, is in the same town as her dad and ends up finding him here, although she doesn't know it yet. She is only heartbroken that Roger's gone, and it just happens a little more cleanly, a little more connected, um, and in, to try to fit, you know, all the good parts into... You know, one hour, that's our challenge every week. Um, and this ep- episode in particular, I, we I think, wanted to distill I think we it. probably say that on every podcast because <laughs> it is the bane of our existence is to trying to fit yeah. all this material into 50-something minutes every week. And um, when when we put the puzzle pieces together, that's what we're trying to do is to, to get all the, the elements, the story elements of, right. these, uh, of the books into um essentially 13 episodes uh, for this season um we knew tony and i discussed this at the very beginning of the season um we have what we call tentpole moments and we mark them out very early on of course the meeting as we're calling this um between brianna and and jamie was probably the tentpole of the season um, where you kind of work towards it at the peak of the tent, and then you you work away from that um, yeah. as we go. And we, we knew we were going to write this one from day one, and we knew that we wanted to keep um, this moment as, yeah. as close as possible to what what people remember reading. Yeah. Um, we can't always do it exactly the same, but um, I think we found a way of giving you the moment kind of over the course of the episode rather than just in one one right. quick shot yeah people kept referring to this as the reunion episode the reunion of but it's actually a union episode because they've never Jamie met. and Brianna have never met there was a lot of discussion in the writer's room about whether we should keep this book moment since Jamie is 
relieving himself. There wasn't <laughs> that much. I don't think there was that well, much we, discussion. It was, we're going to do it. We're going to, we this knew is we were exactly going to do gonna it. going to happen. We were going to do it because this is one of those moments. When we talk about the writer's room. to uh, keep. Yeah. Uh, it, it's such an iconic moment that I think there really wasn't another way to do it. Well, and once again, when we talk about the writer's room, there's a lot of layers here. We, we have, we have the writers and then we have executives and we have, you know, studio network and things like that. So, we present, you know, things up the line and um, people have different takes on what what should be on screen. But we fight for the moments that we really believe in. Yeah, this and, was a moment we really, uh, you know, fought we, to keep we, as true to the source material because we knew uh, people had pictured it so much, including us. And I think the actors did a great job here of uh, this meeting. I think uh, that was the for me that was the moment is when he first says her name, looking at her. Yeah, is is the the recognition. Yeah. Oh my God, that really is you standing yeah. there, you know. And this again, this this moment, so much more powerful when you know what she's been through. Yeah, if you didn't know about the rape, it would just be like daddy here you are you know <laughs> my father i'm meeting him and it would just be this but it wouldn't have this layer of oh my god she was just attacked and now here's jamie frazier who is the king of men who is the great protector and when she falls into his arms it's like she's home you know and that she's with a man who i mean she's carrying so much weight here of, of what just happened to her that it makes it really heartbreaking i think but like I said, that this was a that all of it goes away for a moment. You know, the yeah. moment she's in his arms, she's safe. Yeah, and, she's yeah, exactly, and that's what we love about yeah. Jamie Fraser. He makes everyone feel safe that's around him, and that's what Claire, part of what Claire loves about him, and you know. Obviously, it was very cold the day we filmed this. <laughs> yeah. um, we we can't get away from that, but. Um, uh, it was all all day. It was a cold, wet day, but uh, Sophie and Sam. They um, did a great job. Did a great um, job. Sam is amazing Sam here. is really good in this, isn't he? And now he's going to take her to meet to see Claire. And this is another moment that we really wanted, you know, a, I think in one version of the script, it was that they were walking down the street with the sun behind them and kind of silhouetted in this beautiful halo. And Meryl, it was Meryl that came in and said, you know, in the book, they're on a bench. And I think I was kind of like, well, a bench isn't that exciting. I this beautiful scene with the sun behind them. And then ultimately after we talked, we were like, you know what? The bench is the way to go. That's the way it is. There's something about how we've all pictured it. And there wasn't, I think part of the reason too, is there wasn't a bench on the street when it was built, but we just called up and told Gary and those guys, we need a bench. We want to do it on bench. And, and that's how Claire first sees them is sitting next to each other. And, um, I like how Jamie says that because he was a printer. So he's like, how dare that printer mess this up? It's very sloppy work. Yeah. 
But, you know, uh, this was another thing that we changed because in the book, I believe it was like maybe 10 years before the fire happened, we needed for the TV purposes to give it a little more sense of urgency. So we created the, the smudge date so that she doesn't know it, this could be a couple months from now or or a few years from now. But that's why she had the urgency the not, to warn them. The not knowing is better, you know, and for, for the series. Yeah. It's better not knowing. Uh, I love this. I love this scene too. <laughs> I love it because young Ian's always like, we, we kept, Matt, remember we kept talking like, how are we going to explain this? I mean, and then we finally settled on like, he just goes, well, I've learned with Auntie Claire, it's best not, just not to ask too many questions. And um, it's a bit yeah. of a cheat, but it's it's really what we have set up, that there's so, there's so much that's gone on. And, um, you know, I think we, it works in the moment in that scene. There's Rolo. Can't, looking, looking magnificent as always. Well, Lizzie thinks so. He's not asleep, so that's good. <laughs> he does look like a wolf, I'll tell you that. Well, Lizzie's already got a crush on young Ian, and who does not? He's so, such so cute. John Bell's just adorable. And I think uh, young Ian has kind of a crush on his cousin, uh, which is Brianna. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Once again, these are kind of the things that you wish you had more time to play out and let kind of, you know, breathe a little more, but uh, you know, we're just so limited. But in a weird way, if we had double the amount of episodes, then you would have the issue of it being too slow. You know, there's a, there's a line and and you have to keep the pace going, especially for people once again, who haven't read the books, you know, they, they don't fill in the story. We have to be right. the story, the sole storytellers t- to them. And and um, I was saying this to somebody. I had not read the Harry Potter series when I saw the movies, the, the book series. And I saw the movies and I didn't really get some of the things that were going on. And I know other people have and they're like, oh, no, this is happening and that's happening. And they're like, oh, but that's not on the screen. And I don't think they really, it didn't matter to them because so many people have read the yeah. books and they could get away with it. Yeah. And I, I don't think we're, we're in a place where, you know, every single one of our audience members has not read the books because we are growing our audience quite a bit. Yeah. So we wanted the call back here, obviously, to 401, which we, we also wrote together, that that's where Stephen Bonnet originally attacked them. And, you know, we wanted to build in a reason that Brianna keeps this secret because when she hears from young Ian that they were attacked by this man um, and he not only just, you know, took the ring, but he killed a friend of theirs, um it sort of cements in, you know, the reason that she's not going to just pop up and say that, you know, that she was attacked by this guy. She doesn't, she doesn't want, she realizes the irony and she doesn't want her dad, you know, Jamie to go after, after him. Because if Jamie blames himself for what happened on the riverboat, imagine what he's going to 
feel when he learns that she was attacked by Bonnet. So it it really puts this burden, a more heavy, heavier burden on Brianna that she can't, she can't ever tell this secret now. Yeah, I don't know. And one of the little things here you'll notice about the young Ian character is there's little teeny pieces on his costume now that are starting to he's uh incorporating a lot of the cherokee pieces the armband the little uh, pins on his collar the 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 nice sheath around his neck Mm -hmm. he's starting to um really kind of acclimate to the area and and he's taken with the cherokees so um it's it's really great the way uh, Terry and and Nina started to threading those little things in, threading just, those yeah. things in. Yeah, it, I, I really, I really, you know, I know they're small things, but that's I think what makes our show um, that much more special is that yeah, the you know, detail we, and the authenticity that we go to great lengths to do is I think uh, pays off. Yeah, this obituary is very, you know, weighs on them because they haven't been able to change the past. So it's not, you know, they can't freak out over that because they just know they're, what are they going to do about it? They have to live with that and just wait it out and see how it happens. I like this moment, um, how proud Jamie is of his land. Yeah. He's, he's, uh. He's excited to show his daughter, and and I think that the yeah. I really like the music here too. When Bear wrote a, a theme for Fraser's Ridge, it's a little different than all the Scottish themed music he's done in the past, and it's really evocative and uh, fits the the beauty of of the land. Hmm. I like that. That's a little nod that that Jamie is is a progressive guy. He he thinks outside the box. You know, he's not. Yeah. Um, even though he's he's a you know in a way contemporary man, but he is mm-hmm. actually a man of his time as well. You know, I like the part. Yeah. Uh, where he in the book at least he says you know he's a violent man you know and. He is when he has to be. Yeah. Who's this guy? <laughs> Murta. Uh, I like how uh, actually it was, yeah. I was like, we had the same issue as Young Ian. What are we going to have this big explanation of Brianna and how she got here and all this? And actually, uh, in the script, it was you that inserted that just had Murta say to uh, Brianna, uh, what took you so long? Yeah, because he knows. <laughs> yeah. Once and, he once he knew they had a daughter. Yeah. And it was like we're of Where course. Where have you been? Of course you'd show up. Of course up. you'd yeah. show up. Yeah, I love that moment.
it's just it's just so beautiful seeing them in the same frames together because yeah. up until now we've never had Brianna even in a on screen in a frame with Jamie and you know just now on the ridge when we saw the three of them lined up and there when we see Claire and him at the dinner table it's just it's like you just drink in these images in this episode I think I think it's one people will watch over and over just for the joy of seeing these people united that you never thought would be together You know, this is such a challenging scene for Sophie Skelton that she's really got to play um, the happiness of, of being with her family again. And yet this this secret that she's carrying, um, it was a real challenge for her. She had to really play that double thing of I'm putting on a good face and I am happy to be here. But there's moments where you just see her drift off a bit and you see her you see the weight of what she's carrying and it's almost imperceptible, but of course Claire sees it. And we wrote it purposefully that way that only her mom who knows her super well, Jamie wouldn't see it. Murtaugh wouldn't see it, but Claire, the way she looks at her is like, Hmm, something's up. Cause I know my daughter and there's a little uh, something. I like, I like this. Um, this is one of the things we try to do when, when we talk to all the writers and we say, hey, maybe there's something in in one book that we can apply to the stories now. And you dig out all the old stories. And this is one of them is where Murtaugh mm-hmm. tells a story of how Jamie, when he fostered at Leoc, you know, got into trouble with Dougal. And, and we couldn't fit that story in back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, but it fit perfectly here and, and, and it comes out. And, and I think it's one of the the things that we try to do is yeah you never know what you're going to get on the tv series and this is what we would call an easter egg it's one of those moments where you go oh yes you know i remember that from from the books all the way back in season one right yeah so and this is season four so it's like hey we need a story for murtaugh to tell ah what about that jamie's first kiss and i and i know a lot of fans who read the books they'll go you didn't do my favorite part well, unfortunately, if every 30 million book readers wrote in their favorite part, <laughs> we'd get 30 million different parts. There, I know. And, there's a part where Jamie's talking about how he knows the trees and he loves the trees and they turn, the leaves turn a certain way when it's going to rain. And I, it's a small thing, but it was one of my favorite passages. And I'm like determined to get it in somewhere, somewhere. And then someone pointed out to me, you're not going to be able to get it in because it was back in Scotland. They're American now. But I'm like, all right, it'll be American trees. But it's going to be in here before the series is over. I really hope so. I hope so, too. <laughs> Just so we don't have to hear about it anymore. <laughs> I know. I bring it up all the time. You know, and things like this is, you know, in the books, we we know Murtaugh's fate in the books is different than it is on the television show, and yes. you know we we need to create story for him, and we need to to make it seamlessly go in and out of the story that we already have. Right. Um, and uh, it, it's it's important, and I think you know it's funny uh, we had said this in season one is we may go off the path of the story. But we always turn and come back and get back onto the main road again. 
Yeah. And there are multiple reasons why we have to go off the path. Some of it's production. Some of it's time. Some of it's yeah. actor availability. Yeah. Some of it's scheduling. Some of it's weather. You know, you never know what it is. But we always try to get back to that main road as fast right. as we can to get, to you know, to keep going forward. Or connect the dots like this. Like uh, Meryl and I were just talking in the podcast about our decision to put the pot, you know, the obituary with Frank. And here we were connecting where she tells Claire he knew, you know, Frank knew. And that's something Claire didn't know. Um, that right. Frank knew she came back, right? And and I, you know, it's it's a great moment for Claire to actually realize that, like, wow, the impact of of decisions, you know. Yeah. Well, it's kind of it's kind of neat too that Brianna, now that she's seen Claire and Jamie together, before you know she she grew up knowing something was amiss in her parents relationship even though they put on a good front for her and they genuinely cared about each other she knew that there was something here and then when she found out she was angry at first of course to know that her mom loved another man but now that she's here uh she sees the love between jamie and claire and the little moments um and she sees that they belong together and are meant for each other and that's got to be bittersweet it's painful but also kind of a validation of, oh, I get it now. That's why my parents' marriage didn't work. Because if Jamie had been a jerk or someone that she thought, well, you don't seem to go with him, it'd be like, why did you waste 20 years with me and and dad when this guy is not worthy? And I think she sees already that there's something worth it here. We actually brought this ship from uh, South Africa. We brought parts of it from South Africa uh, when we shot season uh, three. Hmm. Um, we uh, obviously, uh, Gary Steele and his team re rehabilitated, redesigned, um, but some of the workings of it, we, we put on a big container ship right up. Roger's asking for the stones in payment. Always a lassie. I like that line. Um, he, it's just so, so much foreshadowing in that scene that, um, mm -hmm. believe it or not, we talk about that scene still today when we're breaking, say, episodes in the future. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. But That yes. wasn't a spoiler. I didn't give anything away. You may, I am you may king, see those stones again. I am the Let's king of not giving anything away. <laughs> I think I think most of the people who who know anything about me know that. No, you're very clever with that. You're very you're a tease. Here's the thing that also we have to do um, is we have to cover a lot of ground uh, time wise. We have to yeah uh, and and. Uh, although a lot of writers like a good montage, I hate a montage. It's, <laughs> they're they're not easy to shoot. They're not easy to convey uh, and put together on film. That you you that yeah. months and months are passing here. Um, well, there's one of those moments that you see Brianna, you know, maybe looking sad 
you know, and still carrying, you know, her burden of what happened. You know, and the other, you know, what's, what's fun about these things is um, Sam and Katrina and Sophie, they all love, they all love when we do the, the, the shooting, the shooting or, the, yeah, it's or fun. The, the, the archery or anything like mm-hmm. that. They get to practice with like, gym oh, you have to go armor. for rifle practice. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's, it's really fun shooting. Those muskets are very heavy. I've held them and they are. I'm like, well, how does real. anyone even shoot that? Yeah, they're real guys. They're real. They... Jim Elliott, our our armory expert, does an amazing job. And he's been with us from day from one. From day one, he takes care of all these, uh, all of our our weapons for the show. They all work. They're all real. We do have what we call soft. Um, so it's an exact duplicate, but they're soft, and that's in case people are going to be fighting or hitting or or doing yeah. something with them. But for the most Part, every every um, musket or pistol or knife that you see is real or dirk they're they're all real they're all usable um so love that they're making whiskey it's just like family activity everybody hang out at the still and make the family whiskey <laughs> I think this is one of those moments that was, it was in the book. It doesn't play out quite like that here, but it's, you know, you try to figure out how to, how to make this word mm-hmm. work in a natural setting where, you know, and, and then add Murtaugh to the scene. Yeah. Cause it's not Murtaugh in the book. Yeah. Obviously. Cause he's dead. <laughs> Well, what's important here is that Jamie is going to such great lengths to just tiptoe around everything. And, well, they both are, he and Brianna, because it's new and fragile, their relationship. But Claire is realizing that, you know, if they both are on their best behavior, they're never going to really get to know each other as deeply as, as they're meant to. And he's she's giving the advice to just be yourself and don't be afraid to talk about Frank. You know, Bria is feeling a little guilty that she's getting to know her biological father and is that a betrayal of Frank who raised her? Um, so it's a, it's a complex thing that's happening here. It's like um, a coming together of two people that uh, are joined but live their whole lives apart and now, you know, they're very much connected uh, but they're strangers to each other and Oh, I love this moment because, you know, I think back in another script we wrote, Matt, she, you know, Claire tells uh, Jamie that she smiles in her, in her sleep like you do. And now Jamie, you know, we knew we wanted a moment where he saw her smiling in her sleep and he's remembering that and thinking, wow, it's like me. She does that like me. Uh, Believe it or not, we do try to fit these little what I call quiet moments, the, the small moments. Um, if you if you lace together enough of the small moments, they make big moments. You know, they make the. Mm-hmm. Um, I think anybody can have a battle scene. You know, any show does. You know, everybody does battle scenes. Everybody does. Yeah. You know, 
the 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 big shocking moments it's yeah what i think outlander does better than anybody is well scratch that not better than anybody i think what we do well is because there's a lot of shows that do things well um that we take time with our little moments and we let them breathe and you know we look for them and it's just like that moment where jamie looks at his daughter and we let it breathe for a little bit yeah we don't cut away from it we don't move away from it and um it's important to build um and and we wish we could have a million more uh unfortunately we can't well, that's what was fun about this episode is it really does breathe. I mean, there's not a lot of incident in it, what we call, you know, there's not a lot of plot. It's just this these two people getting to know each other and they go on a bee hunt, you know, which is not some big action thing that happens. They're just walking in the woods, eating an apple, getting honey, you know, from a beehive. It's They're, so important to the story, though. That's the key. It, and when we talk about this, when we do notes calls, when we discuss, because we hear the word, it's slow. And we're like, yeah, good. We hear nothing happens. Nothing happens. We're like, no, it Something does. big is happening. Something very, what could be bigger than Jamie and his daughter getting to know each other? That's happening, folks. And that's what we say. Slow. Yes, it's slow. That's right. Yeah. It's slow and good. And it means a lot to the story. Because if everything was fast paced we'd be a different show yeah that's what that's what makes me love the show and want to write on the show because you can write these scenes that just it's not like oh we've had two pages time to move to a different scene um we it was you know when we send the writers out um whether it's us or other writers the instruction is basically write a scene as long as you want as long as it's good yeah. Where, as we both, Tony and I know, we worked on other shows where if you were writing a four-page scene, that's too long. Oh, yeah. And and you'd have to cut that by half. Yeah. You know, you, you can't. Uh... Um, I will say very proud of the visual effects department here. No bee was harmed <laughs> in the making of this scene. Those no, are bees actually. bees are uh, very important. Uh, to they, the planet. <laughs> these are all these are all visual effects bees. Yeah. They're these not real. These are trained real. bees. Um, <laughs> um, so, kudos to our visual effects department here. Is we we had yeah. multiple meetings on how many bees, what are the bees doing? Should there be bees on the hive? Should there be bees on the flowers? And and after about four of those meetings, um, well, now you know why we drink whiskey um, all the time. <laughs> So. When I came back from Scotland, I brought, um, I bought a bunch of Scottish honey, and brought it back to the office um, in honor of, of the bee hunt because I know that everyone loved. Uh, I think this you know, is the question sweet. that most of the, the audience is dying to know: Does Scottish honey taste any different than American honey? I didn't get any of the honey because I gave it out. So you I didn't even sh- did you didn't not, even try the honey. I there? didn't get a chance to try the honey because it was all eaten up. But I can say that Scottish chocolate, because I did bring some chocolate for myself. Uh, the Scottish chocolate is really phenomenal. It's delicious. It, I don't know what it is, but I gotta say it's. But didn't there's some explanation for why? Someone it's told bitter. me, and I don't know if this is true. Some someone will either uh, uh, 
tell me I'm wrong. Not me personally, but someone told me that in in Europe or in Scotland and in, in Europe, they don't put whatever the coding. There's a coding that they use oh. um, here that they don't use there. Oh, so it won't melt. I guess so it won't that, melt. Because here it could melt, but there it's so freaking I, cold. I, I, look, that, I don't I hold don't me that to that. That could be a wise That's tale, but... What, Whatever somebody it told is, me, but I will tell you this: the, the, the chocolate is great. phenomenal. So if you get in, a chance um, to sample, I did. Bring... And I'm sure it's phenomenal in London too. It's just there's we eat more chocolate in Scotland than we do yeah um, anywhere else. It goes nice with whiskey. It is. We we have a we have a thing we do here in season one. Actually, um, we had a group that didn't drink whiskey and a group that did. We and and I suggested that we get some warm chocolate chip cookies and we bring them <laughs> into the room and we ate chocolate chip cookies and drank whiskey and I converted quite a few people yes. into whiskey drinkers because the combination it's it's a pretty it really darn goes good well so those of you having outlander parties I would recommend some chocolate chip really good home baked and I know that our, our fans are absolutely yeah. phenomenal cooks and bakers, and we see the recipes. Bake yourself some, some chocolate chip cookies. Pour yourself your In, favorite whiskey. Yeah. And, and Then you're not drinking on an empty stomach, too. That, too. Look, it's a health benefit. <laughs> There's, we're here to help. Yeah. Now, I, lo- I love this, this scene because, and it almost got cut, because sometimes when we're running late in the schedule, we don't have time to get everything and I, rem- I know the question came up, do we really need to see them come back? Um, can we just, you know, they had the bee hunt. But I thought it was important that Claire see the two people she loves the most come back and that we have this this scene where uh, they're, uh, they're eating the honey. Um, it's just a beautiful shot, and it's just a beautiful family moment. think we had them improvise right there what they were saying and they were and they were saying good job good job and i think we had to drop it out in editing because yeah, we, had to. we were like good job this is kind of modern they wouldn't actually be saying that yes. jamie wouldn't say good job sometime in, in, yes we improvising a lot of times you go right to the more, more modern speak yeah. so you have to end up not using 99 percent of it plus yeah. Nobody really Im- improvises. Uh, no, we rarely either. improvise, but that scene was specifically written MOS, which yeah. means without sound, because we knew we just wanted music and the visual of them enjoying the honey um, by firelight, and that that would just be a beauty shot and, and a nice, you know, poignant moment. And I, I love here how Jamie is like, she called me Da, you know. Well, this um, is one of those moments where, you know, we 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 took you know in the earlier scene where we kind of taken the yeah. meeting when they meet they kind of go through that whole dialogue section in one fell swoop, but we separated it and moved it into another section. Yeah. So you kind of get you kind of get it in two places, and it's what we did. You know, with with the reunion, you wrote episode three hundred five. I wrote episode three hundred six, where we gave them a reunion kind of two times right. one from claire's perspective one from jamie's perspective and this is kind of a way of stretching it out a little bit when yeah. you get this because it's all about the getting to know them each other getting jamie getting to know brie brie getting to know jamie and 
We wanted to yeah. make it play over this whole episode. Yeah, we, so you, you we, had to kind of break it up a little bit. Yeah, I believe that's the one small thing we changed because in the book, as soon as she meets him, she says, I don't know what to call you. And yes. he's like, call me Dot. It's simple. And we love the line, call yeah. me Dot. It's simple. But we felt that maybe she'd feel weird. You know, she hadn't quite transitioned from Frank. You know, she just met him and to call him father. And we thought that that would go better after the bee hunt well, when they'd spent also, time together and he'd sort of earned it a little and it would mean more to Jamie. Too, and that's to what it is. It. It's more important that it means more to Jamie he, than it does to her. It meant something to him that yeah. she finally called him Da rather than just saying This is it right here. The moment where, yeah. where he he looks really, he almost tears up he, and, and I like up. that about it is that, yeah, that he, in the moment in the alley after he's taken a... a, a, a a pee, yeah. you know, it doesn't mean as much. No, but here, now after the hunt, he's like, and he says it, he almost breaks up. He almost I lo- breaks down. I love down. how he's like, now I don't want her to oh go. Oh, my God, the bird shot. See, you don't I know how many this. bird shots we had to look there. at. I put the birds in there. But it inspired you to have that title. No, I get it. But See? we looked at five <laughs> zillion bird that shots. That was before I even knew the title was Birds and the Bees. I just, we wanted something we needed something that motivated when we say Brianna we, to... Hey, when, when she says we, <laughs> she means her. I felt it was stronger if Brianna sort of had something that motivates her to finally confess to her mom that she's pregnant. And that if she was looking at a mom, a baby birds with a mother bird, it hit home to her the point that, oh my God, I'm going to have a baby. I need to, I need to tell my mom about this. It was just making her think about it. I thought it was a a cool way to do that. We went through a million stuff. Those birds weren't just out there, by the way, in that bush. Yeah. Movie magic. Um, I think um, Alicia went through a lot of Alicia stock shots. Our, uh, Alicia our is our post-production producer. producer. And um, she showed us quite a few uh, bird nest shots uh, to pick the perfect one. And she always finds great, uh, great stock shots for us. Yeah, so when she you're seeing when you're seeing too. shots of, of of the owl and the eagle and the birds, the I believe robins, um, that's uh, Alicia in post. She's yeah. digging through millions of stock shots to find the perfect one because they have to match a lot of things: the lighting, the plants, the everything else. You know, they there's so be, many things that have to match. They have to um, be. Um, you know, native to Scotland when we're in Scotland. They have to be native to North uh, to North Carolina when we're in North Carolina. That's you know, actually one of the people ask always, what's the most challenging thing you do on the show? And and now that we're filming in Scotland and we're, we're, we're I mean, now that we're filming Scotland for North Carolina is um, the animals. Yeah. You know, there's and we have we have very keen um, viewers. I mean, they're they, they're spot on. They they. You know, not only do they watch the show, they watch it ten times, and they pick out things. And luckily, um, Scotland is is you know rampant with rhododendron, which so is North Carolina. Yeah. So that works out nicely. The first three seasons, it killed us because we had to try to find shots where we didn't mm-hmm. show it, and now we can show it everywhere, so it's great. But we don't have the same birds. We don't have the same no, flora no. and fauna all the time, so we have to we have to either add that, we have to find it. We are our greens department, which is phenomenal. We have one of the most amazing greens department, which which yeah falls under the art department. But they we have a whole garden area where they grow plants for us, 
and they, they yeah we grew the potatoes that we they, used that that first not only season. potatoes but half the things you see they're growing yeah. and then replanting um we, yeah. we, we had a scene earlier in the season where they took strawberry plant and they put fake uh, they put oh, right. real yeah, strawberries yeah. on so yeah. claire and jamie can eat so they could pick them and eat them right That's so right. and all that strawberry patch was completely um created and and i love that that they go to that yeah we say we want it and they do the extraordinary to right. make it happen right right I know we're talking about strawberries and plants at this most, it's a very profound moment. Um, but, uh, well, this is where the story starts to turn a bit because in this episode, it's, it's all kind of, you know, poignant and tender and slow and in the beginning, but now, you know, this, this tragedy that's been the dark cloud over, over this starts to, to come out as she, you know, finally tells her mom what happened and she doesn't want to tell them because I mean for God's sakes this happened because she was trying to get her mom's ring back and so the last thing you want to do is say I I did this trying to get your ring and then I got hurt because she knows how how much yeah. that would kill Claire yeah. to know and Jamie that's why she doesn't tell her this yeah. was over the ring and, ja and Jamie and and so and for Claire to go like oh I'm so happy my daughter's here you know, that she found me in this century. I missed her so much. And now it's like, oh, but the realities of this century and the danger is not something I want my daughter to be exposed to. But so it's the other side of, of the coin here, so to speak. And it's like uh, she feels, you know, it's tearing her up that this is happening. And um, I wish they would have, I mean, I don't usually say this, but I wish they would have swung around a little bit and got a little bit of Sophie on that too, you know. Mm. Um, you know what? I got to say, I like Jamie in his glasses. I like him in the glasses, you know, too. I, I wear I reading glasses. Cool. There's no shame in it. No. And he, he you know what I always say in the room? What would Jamie Frazier do? <laughs> you know what? He'd put his damn glasses on. Yeah. That's what he would do. Well, um, I like that he reads by the fire. It's like family reading hour. and You know, um, if I had a fire, fireplace, I'd, I'd, I'd read by the fire. But it's Southern California, and, you know, you really don't need that. No, but we have family reading hour. It's it's cool. But now, she has some news for him, and and Jamie. This is one of the the scenes that we we really discussed this in post for sure. Yeah, multiple multiple times. Uh, when we say post, we mean editing. editorial. Editorial. We. Um, you know he. I do love. I do love the framing of that shot. In, he in doesn't. The, he doesn't explode there like you might expect the dad to do, but I think he's so shocked. And processing this information that's, is so stunning. That's what we and talked he's, about. He's going to explode later. And we felt it was best that he was re just restrained in that moment. It's restrained fury. And then. Well, it's also. Uh, he's it's gonna also taking obviously, it all in. You've got to take it in. You've got to give. Oh, you've got to give a person a beat to take it in, you know. Yeah. Speaking of other, rhododendron, they're surrounded by them. Um, this moment was talked about also. 
Yeah, we we we, we had to figure out a way of, um, and I do like the intercutting here. Yeah, of, in, of her finding, her finding uh, the ring, her discovering, um, uh, and you know most ankle. most mothers of of uh, daughters will will clean up the rooms and understand. We, so we talked about how would she find the ring. We're like, you know what, Claire's probably used to going up in the room and doing a little laundry. Um, there is the ring. That's a nice. I love shot that there. shot. Well, this is uh, this David Moore, to... who directed this episode, I did a, did a fantastic job. This is very different in the book because there it's built around a um, a misunderstanding about the name that Jamie doesn't know. It's Roger McKenzie, Roger Wakefield. Yep. It plays in the book, but we thought that for the the screen version, we really needed something a little more solid. To, and so we we uh, you know built our story more around the fact that Lizzie actually thinks she witnessed you know well that she doesn't she think saw. she actually did witness she did witness Roger being rough with Brianna in in period that's in, right in the period Roger would have been a ruffian he would have been he came in and grabbed her when yep. when he saw her Lizzie doesn't know that's her and, and you don't, someone and that's she the, knows exactly and she thinks it's it's the rapist so when she says to Jamie because to justify Jamie giving Roger the beat down that he does we needed something pretty solid because Jamie wouldn't really go off that hot, half cocked unless, and we had Lizzie say, I'm sure it's the guy. I know it's the guy. And in fact, we had a lot of conversations, you and I, about when we were wrestling with this, that we referenced the movie um, Goodfellas about how Ray Liotta, when he comes over and, you know, someone has hurt his woman, he goes over there with a pistol. He just, the guy doesn't even get a hello. He just pistol whips the guy. Yeah, there, there, there's a moment in, in, in Goodfellas where uh, Henry Hill, the character, um, is so angry, he just goes and reacts. And we needed to get, um, uh, we need to get Jamie to that moment where he just reacts. Yeah, where there's uh, not uh, a lot of talking. And I there mean, can't be any talking because as, as soon as yeah. Roger has a conversation with him, Jamie would realize, oh, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah, Roger would have time to say, hold on, hold on. I love Brianna. I'm her boy. I, and I'm yeah, her, I'm, I'm not, I'm I'm not her the husband. person you're thinking I'd, about. Yes. And we thought, there's no way if they stand there and talk, no one's going to believe that that there could, that unless this happens really fast. Yeah. So, so Roger doesn't the, even get a word. He comes when, in and. When we did the tone meeting with, with the director and everything, it was like, there can be no words other than, hey, hello. hello. And then Boom. boom. The yeah. tiger, the tiger attacks. is unleashed, yeah, and and, just... and the tiger being Jamie Fraser and, and Jamie's rage at, because he just got his daughter, he just just met her, got to know her, and now he hears that someone has hurt her. Not only, it, it just he wants to protect her, and so his fury is unleashed. So it's and, it's another and here's way where Claire we, finds out who it is. We tell the story here is that we. Um, we like to do this here on Outlander. We give you these poignant moments. We we give a slow episode, and at the very end, we flip it and go, "Well, here's here's what's coming." And here we you know, go. We gave you we gave you that breath. There you go. We had a lot of discussions about this. Oh, in, in reality, we, he beat him. I mean, I think he punched him like twenty times, and the network kept saying, "Okay." 
it, when we showed them the first cut, they were like, he would be dead if Jamie hit him that, that many times. And they kept wanting to make the punches less. And we kept wanting to make them more. And we were bar- literally down to bargaining. Okay, there's nine punches. Oh, how about seven? No, how about eight? We were just negotiating because the point was it couldn't just be a regular you know, a regular fist fight. It had to be a I practically killed him kind of situation because that's what we're implying is that Rogers if he it, would have if, killed him. If, if if Ian wouldn't show had had not showed up uh, shown up, he would have killed him. And I think that's the most uh, important part here is that Jamie would have killed him. The makeup department um, did a fantastic oh, job yeah. creating um Roger's face um it it so much so when we were looking at the mock-ups it it made people ill um and that's what we were going for was we were going for that the shock of it yeah yeah anyway um thank you for for being here with us um we always enjoy um you know doing the podcasts well at least tony enjoys them um (laughs) anyway we do I, enjoy him. It's but a thank nice you for, treat. It's a thank nice you treat for, at the end of the day. Uh, being here. Thank We're, you, Matt. Uh, please come back uh, for episode 10 um, next week and find out what the hell happens to Roger. I don't know. Doesn't don't look know good for, it doesn't look too good for him right now. No, it doesn't. So, um, um, and Jamie might be in a pickle himself. So anyway, so. thank you, everybody. All right, thanks. All right, have a good night. Cheers.